Oh, Algar, we're so proud of you. Oh, it's not really a big deal. Five years of podcasting is nothing to sneeze at, my boy. We're both very pleased with- Uh, Al? Oh, uh, hi, Sabrina. I was just- Are those dolls of your parents? What? No, no. You've never met my parents. How would you- I saw pictures of your wedding on Facebook. Zuckerberg. So, uh, what can I do for you? Well, I was looking over the casting list for this episode, and- Yes, so, uh, Radio Adventures is back. Pretty exciting, huh? Did you forget how to do the Dottie voice? Because I could probably fill in for you if you're not sure. <clears throat> Horses, Mr. Matt! What was that? It sounded better in the shower. I wonder if I could bring a mic in there with me. No, I noticed that one of the roles we have this week is a bear. Sure, bears are funny. <sighs> We're not doing this again, are we? Doing what? Some stupid sketch that ends with me being mauled by a bear. What? Why would I? Really? That's the way you're going to play this? Like you don't know what I'm talking about? I don't! Your last line had a stage direction that said, trying very badly to lie. Hey, don't read my stage directions! And stop sending bears to maul me! Those stage directions are for me. I feel so violated. <sighs> Who is that, son? Oh, one of my voice actors. They're such prima donnas. This is the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast, featuring the Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. So yeah, I was trying to build a ballroom. I, was, uh, I had a bunch of plastic balls, and I, I think I got up to maybe ten. How much, um, like, well, I guess you just answered that. Ten balls equals a bunch? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it might have been like seven. Like, it wasn't right. that many. Right. It was but you had some. Dozen. Yeah, and like every time I'd go by McDonald's or wherever, and they'd have a play area, I'd, mm. I'd pick one up. You know, just one. I didn't get greedy. No, of course not. Well, I mean, getting one ball out of there in itself is pretty difficult. The, the security in those kids' areas is fucking insane. Well, the thing is, you got to go early in the day, because late at night they do a count. Mm-hmm. And you do not want to be there for the count, because if they're I, one short, they lock the place down. Oh, man. I, I had to do that for uh, about a year when I was working at Wendy's originally. Do they have a play area? No, that was the worst part. Oh. They just had a big... Instead of, like, they what they had done is they had taken out the area where the freezer was, right? Uh-huh. They had turned off the freezing part, so it was just a big room with a big steel door. And it was just, like, like a foot and a half of balls just on the floor. Oh. No one knew why. So they, maybe someone else was doing what I was doing, but they got a little further along. I, see, that would actually make a lot of sense, and it would, it would, uh, I could finally find out why the hell my uh, my manager was always squirreling balls away in there. Hmm. There needs to be another word for plastic spheres because I feel like we're. It sounds like we're being dirty, and we're really not. We're just, oh, we're absolutely not being dirty. We're just talking about balls. Yeah, I can dig it. Yeah. But okay, uh, so if they turned off the freezer. Yeah. Then where did you get trapped with a coworker and reminisce over like, you know, uh, old times during a flashback episode? Uh, the grease dumpster. Oh, of course. Neckbolt Farm Supercharged Chocolate Milk presents the Adventures of Slap Strongarm of the Orbit Cops. Thrilling exploits in the depths of the solar system. Errands of bravery in the name of interstellar fair play. 
Journey to the year 2014 with Commander Slap Strongarm, Ranking Field Officer of the Orbit Cops! In today's transcribed adventure, Slap and his sidekick Cadet Gary are in hot pursuit of a spacecraft in direct violation of the United Solar System's Code of Laws. Hot rockets, Commander! There goes our perp! Alleged perp, Gary. Remember, every citizen of the United Solar System is guaranteed the right to a fair trial, and must be presumed innocent until proven guilty. Of course, Commander. It's just... Something troubling you, Cadet? Well, jeepers, Commander. When I joined the Orbit Cops, I was hoping for thrilling exploits and errands of bravery. You're not the first Cadet to express this sentiment, Gary. I wonder who puts these ideas into your little heads. Golly, sir. I didn't mean... Gary... The Orbit Cops represent the coming together of two very important concepts, space travel and law enforcement. This is not the rocket-fueled seat of your jet pads adventure that so many people think it's going to be. Patrolling the solar system in a superluminal rocket with a Reagan at your hip is not meant to be fun. It's a moral obligation to the citizenry. Being an Orbit Cop involves lots of patience and lots of math. Which reminds me, did you finish those calculations? Yes, sir. Good lad. I'll check them over after we finish here. Now, this citizen has put his craft down on this small asteroid as requested. You go connect the airlock hose, and I'll run through the standard checklist. Yes, sir. Oxygen levels. Check. Gravity at Earth norms. Check. Fuel levels within acceptable parameters. Space isn't supposed to be fun, Gary. Criminals aren't actually guilty, Gary. Gee, I'm starting to wonder why I Hot rocket! Commander! What is it, Cadet? That ship we pulled over. You're not gonna believe this. We'll be back in just a moment, so stay tuned! Hi, gang. Rick Threefold here. You hear that? That's the sound of a rocket engine with no zip. No get up and go. That poor rocket will never make it to the moon at this rate. Now listen to a rocket that's full of super fuel. Now, Rick, I, I hope you aren't suggesting that anyone actually drink super fuel. Golly, fellows and girls, it's good old Commander Slap Strongarm. No, Slap. I was just using the fuel thing as a metaphor. Are you sure the children will understand? Gang, you need to fill up every morning with Neckbolt Farm supercharged chocolate milk. It's the only chocolate milk that's brimming with atomic energy. Is that how we're selling that? Yes, Neckbolt Farms cows have been enriched with Strontium-90, a powerful radioactive substance that will help you start each morning with a supercharged bang. That radiation was an accident. We don't really know the long-term effects it'll so have. So tell Mother to pick you up some delicious Neckbolt Farms supercharged chocolate milk in the special lead-shielded freezer at your grocer. Take it from Commander Slap Strongarm and me, Captain Rick Threefold. Hey, how do you outrank me? We now return to our exciting Slap Strongarm adventure. Slap and Cadet Gary have been chasing down a criminal in the outskirts of Mercury. As he connects the airlock hose, Gary makes a startling discovery. Commander, this ship we pulled over, there's a woman tied up in the cargo hole. Great planets, Gary. You get her out of there at once. Orbit Cops procedure dictates that I call for backup. This is Commander Slap Strongarm of the Orbit Cops. 
Requesting assistance. Our current location is the outskirts of Mercury, and we've just encountered a 7155 on a routine traffic stop. Hot rockets, he's getting away! What happened, Gary? Well, Commander, I had just gotten this lady aboard when the airlock slammed shut and that other ship just sped away. I see. Well, shouldn't we go after him? No, Gary. Our job is to stay put here and wait for backup. Gee, Commander. I'm just glad we got out of that airlock in time. I wish we could have done more to stop that fella, but I guess to air is human. Ha! We'll be back again soon with another adventure of Slap Strong Arm of the Orbit Cops! Sarcastic Voyage has embarked on a modest undertaking to chronicle the entirety of human history in sketch form. Join us as we uncover the mysteries of the past in our ongoing feature which we call History. It's not as good as it used to be. Spring, 1933. To address the weary nation's growing concerns about the Great Depression, American President Franklin Delano Roosevelt takes to the airwaves. He delivers the first in a series of so-called fireside chats, informal radio talks intended to educate the people and soothe their mounting fears. I want to talk for a few minutes with the people of the United States about banking. <clears throat> I want to talk for a few minutes with... I want to talk for... Ah, horse feathers. How's a man supposed to get any broadcasting done when his home's being strafed by aeroplanes? All right, Franklin, I'm going out for the evening. Don't wait up. Applesauce, woman, can't you see I'm sitting in front of a live microphone? What? I said my fireside chat is not an appropriate time to... There. Good. Now, my fellow Americans, please bear with me as I bid my fair wife Eleanor good evening. Ah, oh, now what? Eleanor? Hey, Ellie! Hello, Amelia. Frank? Say, Ellie girl, you sure look spiffy. Are you ready to ditch this flat tire and come put on the Ritz with me in Charm City? <laughs> Charm City? Why, that's the ironic nickname for Baltimore. That must be 40 miles from our stately Pennsylvania Avenue home. That would take at least two hours by luxury motor car. We ain't taking no motor car. Come on, Ellie, let's amscray. So long, you executive sap. Good night, Franklin. Don't wait up. All right. Well, now that that's behind us, we can resume our... Contact! All right, America. My sincerest apologies for that. Now, where was I? Right. I want to talk for a few minutes with the people Amelia, dear, are we really going to Baltimore? That's the plan, Pally. But we can take this old crate anywhere you want to go. <laughs> well, the thought is very appealing, but I'm not sure that Franklin would approve. Let me ask you something, dollface. 
Why do you waste your time with a four-eyed, two-wheeled, stuffed shirt like him? Oh, Franklin's not so bad. We actually have quite a lot in common. I guess that's to be expected when you marry your own cousin. Fifth cousin. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm setting her down. Hold on to your hat, sister. We have provided the machinery to restore our financial system. It is... Show me the way to go home. It is up to you to support and make it work. It is... My God, Eleanor, you're drunk. Oh, light it up, you old windbag. Dear wife, might I remind you that we're still living under the auspices of prohibition and that the entire nation is still listening to my every word live on the radio. Oh, you all just need to lighten up. Have a little fun. Just unstrap those puppies and let fly. Oh, there. Woo! Good Lord, Eleanor, put those away. Spring break, woo! It's time for this week's rap battle, brought to you by Urban Flavor. Always chill, always fresh. Urban Flavor. Now let's meet our contestants. Contestant number one has been an MC for eight years. Give a big Urban Flavor welcome to Jess. Contestant number two tries not to bring beef, but every now and then he just can't help himself. Give it up for Lander. And contestant number three is from Brooklyn. He's a straight-up baller with dope skills and mad old-school cred. Let's hear it for the notorious B.O.B. All right, we did a three-sided coin toss before the show, and it looks like contestant number three is up first. Bring us the science, B. What up, y'all? B.O.B. in the house. Let's do this! One, two, the two, to the three, y'all. Right here on the place to visit the bee, y'all. I'm the beat of the old of the bee, y'all. And my rhymes are like... Hold it, hold it. Man, don't interrupt me. I was just getting into my flow. What are you doing? I'm... I'm rapping. This is a rap battle. No, you moron. This isn't a freestyle rap battle. It's a freestyle rap battle. Observe. Give me a beat. <laughs> Whole wheat tortilla, avocado spread, julian carrots, sprouts, grilled chicken, bacon, and beets. Greek pita with lamb, goat cheese, sliced cucumbers, roasted red peppers, and hummus. Rice paper with sautéed shrimp, tofu, romaine, vermicelli rice noodles, cilantro, and peanut sauce. Um, uh, Caesar salad on flatbread? It's not enough. Jess is the winner. Wait, but I thought you were an MC. That's right, a master chef. But what about that thing about you bringing beef? I get it. But hold up, hold up, hold up. How could I possibly have found out about, registered for, 
and gotten on stage to participate in this contest without ever seeing a single clue that it wasn't the kind of rap battle I thought it was. The idea that I could get so far into this process and only now, in front of a massive audience, discover my error seems incredibly dubious. I blame the wholesale appropriation of hip-hop culture by corporate America, e.g. this restaurant called Urban Flavor. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, if it ain't Grandma Gachi, her new favorite pet. Hey, Gram Gram. I gotta make this quick. Pretty Little Liars is on soon, plus YOLO and all. What's that make me, eh? A Chinaman? Oh, are you hungry? I haven't eaten since the bread bowl of Art 6. Okay, well, here's a power bar or whatever. You still have teeth, right? Oh, no, go right ahead. Treat her like a human being. I don't mind. Feed her to your heart's content. And stick her in one of them Nazi retirement compounds, you piece of shit. Look, Grandpa, I took care of her and she changed again. Oh my god, that total bitch! Changed? She's a shuffling husk, you plastic Jezebel. Soon I'll be one, too. How's that for change? Thanks, Obama. Will someone replace the tube on my oxygen tank? I'm afraid I'm seeing President Roosevelt at the moment, and I'm almost certain he's dead. Katie, your inheritance is here. Thank God! I'm Audi 5000. So Grandma Gachi can pause, eh? I can pause too, you know! Dang, never, that was just another stroke. Oh, sweet, merciful Jesus, take me now! You owe me for killing all those devil chaps! Grandma Gachi, the original actual reality elderly pet. Your care determines the money you get. Son Bandai! Those dirty chaps! Hi! How are we doing today? I hope you're having a lovely morning and are ready for a great weekend! Um, yeah, fine, thanks. I'm really just browsing right now. You just let me know if there's anything I can help with. Uh, great, thanks. Um, I need some, need probably some new socks. I don't know, maybe I could get a shirt, maybe some size two. I don't know. Do you mind <laughs> if I pull some looks together for oh. you? We just got our summer one line in and there are some really great pieces. Of course, we still have our summer two and spring four line in on the racks over here, and they're 18% off the last marked price. No, 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 thank you. Uh, like I said, I, I'm just looking. It's no trouble at all. I'll have a fitting room started for you over by Petite's. Petite's is right over there, just 50% between large and tall and accessories. Let me know if there's anything else I can do for you. My name's Lauren. Uh, great, great. What was your name again? I didn't catch it. It's Jocelyn. Thank you so much for shopping with us today, Jocelyn. You just take your time, Jocelyn, and let me know if there's anything else I can get for you. I'll be back to check on you in a bit. Thanks. <gasps> what do you think of no. this? I'm thinking it might be about 10% too short, but it's 45% off the sale price, and you know you can't go wrong with that, Jocelyn. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really going to be too short for me. Um, but it seems like a good price. Hmm. I'll 
Okay, I'll make note of your skirt measurement preferences so I can keep that in mind. And just so you know, Jocelyn, those blouses you have there are 25 to 40% off. Plus, we can give you a 10% discount today if you sign up for a Forever Stores account with us today. I've actually got all the forms filled out for you. You just have to sign them. That, that, that won't really be necessary. And, um... How did you know I was born in 1983? Jocelyn, I know you said you didn't want any help with styles, but I just couldn't help myself. I tried to limit myself to only eight shirts. Several of these would really make your stunning hazel eyes pop. I, um, I appreciate your help, but this isn't really the sort of thing I'm looking for. What I really need is just a simple black button-down blouse, and I'm not really worried about the sale price. I just need one. Oh, well... Jocelyn, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not sure if my manager would like that. It isn't one of our signature styles, and it doesn't match any of the facts I've learned about you so far. Except for the fact that I asked you for it? <clears throat> yeah, right. Let me see what I can do. Okay, well, I mean, I guess I could maybe use a new pair of pants. I, I don't know, they don't really have my size here. Just, I guess maybe I'm so sorry for taking you so long, Jocelyn, <gasps> but this is from our winter collection. I had to go way to the back to get it. I think this is more along the lines of what you were looking for. Plus, because it's from last season, I can offer you a 5% discount with 15% discount for each additional blouse you buy. And you'll definitely want at least three because we've got it in Pink Kitten, Blue Kitten, and Purple Kitten. So you get a color to match any accessories. And Jocelyn, I'm sure I can find you a bracelet, necklace, and purse that would go perfectly. Listen, I thought I was being clear, but maybe I can speak your language. I need a 100% black blouse. I need it in a ratio of one to one, meaning just one blouse, and I need it to have zero percent cat. And I know this is a little different than what you're used to dealing with, so I'm willing to take it with a zero-sum discount. Does that help? Well, I just know we can find something. Maybe something in a warm chocolate brown with a bead accent? The color chart I put together for you says that it would look great. No, not brown. Black black. I can be more clear. I'm looking for something more somber, not warm and not cutesy. Neither are appropriate for a funeral, which is what I need this for. If you don't have something simple in black, I can go across the hall to Macy's. Hmm, this might be a little beyond my skill set. But I'll go get my manager. She can help for sure. Hi! My name's Caitlin. God, Lauren tells God, me you're looking people, for something special people. for a special occasion. I'd love to help. I'm looking for something black for a funeral. If I could make a suggestion, black isn't really a you color. And great news. Color choices at funerals this season have really opened up. We aren't in the fashion dark ages, and you don't have to wear those old widow's rags anymore. Funny that you should mention that word, widow, because that's exactly what I am, a widow. My husband is dead, and I need something appropriate for grieving. And that something, despite what your corporate overlords might insist that you push on me, needs to be a plain black blouse. That's all. A grieving widow in black. It could not be simpler. Thank Christ I don't have to go through the agony of trying to buy a veil through you people. I was at least able to score one of those in the goss section at Hot Topic. Your husband died? But... That's not in your file.
much. I just wanted to go over some of my lines with someone. Lines? For what? For Sarcastic Voyage. For what now? The podcast that you've been on for like five years. Oh, right. That thing. So, for Radio Adventures, I was thinking maybe... Are we still doing that? I was thinking maybe Dottie could... What the hell? Hang on a minute. Somebody's at my door, apparently. Ah, what? What's wrong? There's a bear at my door. What, like on your porch? Did a bear ring your doorbell? That just raises so many questions. Like, like, Sabrina? Hello? Hello? <laughs> it's, it's okay. I killed it. Son of a bitch. You just killed a bear? Like Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier? Yeah, I used the wooden stake I got signed by James Marsters. Fortunately, I still have, like, six more. Are you sure he's dead? I think so. I mean... Oh, God. It's still moving. It's reaching up for its head, and it's pulling its head off... Because it was actually just a mask and not a bear. Oh, shit! Jason! Uh, how did you know it was me? Oh, I've seen your picture on Facebook. Zuckerberg! <clears throat> I was... I'm coming over to run lines with you for the bear sketch that Al wrote. I thought this bear suit might help me get into character. You know, Daniel Day-Lewis, that shit. But... Is that Jason in a bear suit? Well, it was, yeah. Tell him it reminds me of that scene from The Shining. You know, where the guys get- Matt, this is serious. Jason is dead. Now who is Al going to threaten to replace you with to keep you motivated? The scene where the guy is getting his dick sucked in the hotel room. Hey! Hey, what you watching? Hmm? Oh, it's that new HBO show about the cops chasing down a serial killer in the Deep South. Ooh, I heard about this. Scooch over, I want to watch too. We gonna catch him some bitch down the bayou. Hey, man, I'll tell you what, I'll get them dang old time, talk about dang old flat circle, man. What's the language track set to? English. Really? You believe in God, boy. Tell you what, man, talk about dang old, old thing, keeping person decent, dang old expectation, divine reward, man, dang old person, dang old piece of shit, I tell you what. Can you turn on the subtitles, maybe? Yeah, that might not be a bad idea. You best get your ass back down to precinct, boy. You best get your ass back down a precinct. Bois. That doesn't help at all. Wait, hang on. We picked up this other HBO channel when my deaf cousin came to stay with us last summer. This channel's got a little window at the bottom with a sign language interpreter. Let's just see. Tell you what, man, it's all one dang old ghetto, man. Dang old gutter and out space, man. Okay, she's literally just shrugging into the camera right now. That's not helpful, sign language lady. At least the guy at Mandela's memorial made an effort. Ugh, what are we gonna do? Everyone on the internet is talking about this show. I know! We can't just say that we couldn't understand what was going on. Yeah. We better just tell everyone that we thought it was brilliant. Yeah, good idea, good idea! Delicious Puffed Rice Cereal presents 
The Radio Adventures of Matt and Algar, starring Matt Robotham and Ron Algar-Watt as themselves. Our story so far. Interplanetary troubleshooters Matt and Algar have tracked an illegal plutonium smuggling ring to its source, but in a dramatic and not particularly surprising turn of events, they now find themselves outnumbered and imprisoned. And now, today's adventure, Guardians of the Future. You know, I really thought this would be different. How so? Well, I mean, we were sealed in that cave filled with radioactive gas in 1936 and then cryogenically preserved. And now, here we are, revived in the distant futuristic year of 2014. Mankind has colonized the solar system instead of racing to our adventures in a blimp. I always thought it was a dirigible. Instead of racing to our adventures in a blimp, now we use a rocket ship. Everything's atomic-powered, torpedo-shaped, covered in aerodynamic fins. It's a great design aesthetic. I'm not saying it isn't a great design aesthetic. What I am saying is everything's all future now, and yet, here we are, chained to a stone wall, in a damp room, again, still. Some technology is just really hard to improve upon, or maybe these dungeons are really just cheap to build and operate. Or maybe there's some kind of collective consciousness that... Hey, what's that? Sounds like Morse code. Let's see, the number four, B, Q, E, V, hmm, maybe it's not Morse code. No, no, it's a double code. It's Morse plus, that number's a code offset. If I can reach my Sarkestier's decoder ring, I should be able to... Thing while I decipher this message. Don't I always? All right, you pair of imbeciles. Did he just call us? Shut it. Now, here's how it's gonna go down. I'm gonna make some inquiries, and you two are gonna provide me with answers. If I don't like your answers, you will be tossed into the unforgiving vacuum of space. Okay, clearly this is bait. Nobody actually talks like that, but I'm not rising to it. Making fun of a speech impediment is not my- Ow! Let me on to something with that collective consciousness theory of yours. Hush! Now, you there. How did you find our hindquarters? I really don't think you want me to answer- Ah! Talk, you! I'm trying, but every time I do- Ow! You do that! Now pipe down and stop talking. How do I even- Al? Yeah? You quit chattering. I'm in the middle of an interrogation here. Message was hold on tight. Right, got it. You two both need to- <coughs> That's a door alarm. But who- Of course is Mr. Matt and Mr. Al. I can't believe you got yourselves captured again. I can't believe you blew open that door and sucked that guy out into space. Straight into the unforgiving vacuum. Oh, he'll be okay. There are about a dozen B-O-T-T-O-M patrol ships waiting outside the airlock. Remember when we thought M-U-C-U-S was a horrible acronym? Donnie, what does B-O-T-T-O-M stand for? The Bureau of Technical and Tactical Outer Space Management. Just awful. That sounds like a priority alert. Dottie, can you hand me your Cosmophone? Thank you. Looks like the local constabulary's requesting backup. Signal's pretty close. I think we can make it there in under an hour. At a moment's peace. Oh, you wouldn't have it any other way, would you, Mr. Matt? Ah, you know me so well, Dottie. 
Setting her down. Looks like... Oh, no. What's wrong, Mr. Al? Yeah, what gives? That's the orbit cops, which means... Oh, no. What? Captain Slap Strongarm, gentlemen, and lady, welcome to the outskirts of Mercury. Do we not like him? Well, look at it this way, Dottie. Uh, if you could only bring one book with you on a long space journey, would it be something fun, like a comic, or something stiff and boring and tedious, like a rule book? I think I get it now. Although in fairness, your average rule book is substantially less square than- We had a code 9185 on our hands, but we responded with an 8166 and promptly filed our T120s for immediate- Uh-huh. Carla, what are you doing here? That's what I was getting to, sir. This 7155 is the reason I called for backup. 7155? A 7155 is a kidnapping. Carla, you got kidnapped? Sir, if you'll just let me finish my report- Oh, cram it! Ma'am? Uh, Carla's an agent of B-O-T-T-O-M like we are, Captain Strongarm. Our bureau chief, actually. But she was kidnapped. Yes, you numbskull. Deliberately kidnapped. That creep was going to lead me to Archduke Pachinko. Holy cats! The agency has been trying to catch him for months! And I've been working undercover for several of those months, in hopes of being abducted and taken to his palace on Neptune. Only now it looks like these two- It looks like we really dropped the ball on Pachinko! Ha! <laughs> What is wrong with you? Tune in again for our next exciting installment, Interstellar Pursuit. Only on the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast. Today's show has been brought to you by Miss Cleo, who I haven't thought of in like 20 years and just decided to... Do you think she's still alive? Uh, yes. Yeah? Yeah, I do. I think think she's... I'm still alive. (laughs) Yes, she's singing that song from Portal. This was a triumph. Now I'm picturing uh, Miss Cleo as as the voice of GLaDOS. (laughs) There will be delicious cake at the end of this test. I'm glad you knew who Miss Cleo was. I was worried that that reference would go past you. Oh, no, I used to watch, uh, I, I used to babysit this kid, and uh, I'd have to be there at, like, five in the morning, mm. and I couldn't sleep, so I would, like, watch whatever was on, and whatever was on was Miss Cleo. There were there were commercials that ran, I, there were certain cable channels that I guess could only afford Miss Cleo ads and nothing else. Yep. Because, like, uh, I think it was a sci-fi channel for a long time. Like, every third ad was mm-hmm. was Miss Cleo. She I was... actually, uh, I, I called that line once. Really? Yeah, just as a, 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 this was years and years ago, I did uh, a couple of like real audio streams of like what would eventually become this podcast. Right. And one of the things I wanted to do was sort of goofy, not exactly prank calls, but like weird phone calls. And Sure. You know, the, the, since then, that's kind of stupid and I don't do it anymore. But at the time, like, what the hell? Yeah. I'm, I'm 20. I don't know what I'm doing. But yeah. uh, I, I called the Miss Cleo line and they didn't put me through to Miss Cleo, unfortunately. I got oh, that sucks. Lady. But uh, Did you get one she, of her like... Cleo army or whatever yeah like like one of the Cleo underlings but she she did have a weird accent and (laughs) she talked to me about sublimial messages okay (laughs) sublimial sublimial but mostly it was just like she was desperately trying to keep me on the line because you know you pay by the minute sure it was just sad like I had a whole list of stupid like you know unanswerable questions Uh uh-huh like, what the hell was Pac-Man supposed to be? Why do <laughs> men have nipples? You know, dumb things like that. Right. And, and she just, you know. Well, it's vague. Yeah. 
I'm getting a call from the spirits. No, she would. She answered pretty specifically. It just unfortunately it wasn't very funny. Either. Yeah, that sucks. And I think I paid like thirty bucks, and it, it, it did not get your money's worth. No, no. I, I was expecting comedy. I wasn't expecting actual psychic wisdom. No, but you know. But I mean, you didn't get either. No, but anyway, I, I think Miss Cleo's still alive. I think you know, people calling on a goof or people calling for real like probably bankrolled her for quite some time. Well, yeah. You know, and those ads must have been dirt cheap. Oh, I'm sure. So she's she's probably doing okay. Uh, we got a letter here. Oh, all right. Uh, this is from a guy who's written to us before, Rod Tanzal. And every right. time I read that name, I think of Tanzit from uh, <laughs> Space Ghost. He's got one of my favorite Space Ghost lines with Tanzit going, What will become of me? <laughs> That's odd. My wife's little racist dog says that a lot. Yep. Into my village. My village. Uh, and he writes, Dear Alan Matt, summer blockbuster season is upon us. It's true. What movies are you excited to see this year? There, there's more. Uh, the new Godzilla movie reignited my love for giant monster films, a love that started in kindergarten with the 1998 film of the same name. I'm afraid to rewatch it and ruin my nostalgia for it. Was it as bad as people on the internet complain that it is? If you're fans of the genre, what are your favorite monsters? My favorite is Gamera, the flying turtle creature from the Arctic. Sincerely, Tanzal. P.S. I recently started listening to your back catalog of Sarcastic Voyage episodes. While I build stuff, I am intrigued to find how a discussion about fish fucking evolved into enjoyable sketch comedy. Um, hooray? Well, ah. that is that is the great mystery of this show. And, yep. Uh, our, uh, our, we got a big anniversary coming, and we will certainly be pondering that, I think. Classic. Maybe bring it full circle and do a screening of uh, Mr. Limpet or something. I don't know. I've been thinking about watching that again. <laughs> Been five years now. Well, it's still ridiculous. Yep. The thing is, we're still talking about the same stupid shit. We're st we're still talking about terrible television and like Hanna Barbera cartoons and like Orson Welles and like it's all the same crap. You remember, my Twitter avatar was Mr. Limp for about two years. Yeah, I remember. Ah, uh, good times. That was before people provided fan art of me. Yes, I'm. I'm. I actually, uh, Vichelle's working on something new for the new uh, new radio adventures that. May provide you with a new avatar. I will be intrigued to see that. It's pretty, uh, pretty snazzy. Pretty, uh, pretty good. Okay, so first of all, I know you did not care for the new Godzilla. Movie. I fucking hated the new Godzilla, yeah. Godzilla movie. And uh, and 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 to summarize your uh, objections, you basically said there was too much Stuart saves his family. Yep. Way too much Stuart saves his family. Which I literally took to mean. Al Franken took time off from his busy schedule as a United States senator, mm -hmm. <laughs> reprised his character, Stuart Smalley, the yep. uh, the self-help guy, and and uh, did a reprise of his character saving his family. Now, you know what? If that had happened, I would have that would have made that movie interesting. The problem with that movie is that it needed more Godzilla. Yeah. I just I I've, I mean we've we've had this discussion for a while and if and if he's starting way at the beginning and listen like if he's sort of listening at both ends then he won't hear sort of the middle like a few years ago when we went through the whole robots versus monsters thing yep. but the gist of it is I don't like monsters and and uh, I I prefer robots mm -hmm. that's just that's so you know your preference would be Mechagodzilla over Godzilla even then I'm not a huge fan of robots that are like. Monsters. That, well, that's why you don't like the Dinobots, as I recall. Yeah, well, and the the Grimlock from the new uh, forthcoming Transformers movie looks like fucking Falcor the Luft Luck Dragon. That's, <laughs> a, that's a whole other thing. Let's go, Optimus! <laughs> Whoa! 
All right. So as ever, uh, the website is sarcasticvoyage.com. I've been adding a few things there in our archives and so forth. Uh, all the sketches are up. They're, they're sorted by like recurring bits are in a thing now. Uh, all of our cover art is in a gallery. Just, just lots of cool stuff from over the years. Uh, I'm really kind of getting into the fact that we're coming up on a five-year anniversary, and I'm kind of... Five years! Yes, five years. Five consistent years. Like, what have you been doing for five years? Yeah. I there's, I mean, I've never even been married for that long. No. Much less anything else. <clears throat> this is the longest I've stuck with anything. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been sort of going through the archives, finding old stuff that, that I thought was great that maybe people should see. I've mm-hmm. been putting that on our Tumblr, uh, sarcasticvoyage.tumblr.com, doing sort of a retrospective finding old things worth talking about sure uh if you want to send us mail it is sarcastic voyage at gmail we will we will answer your mail on the show uh coming up in early august we are doing an anniversary show uh i don't want to get into too much detail yet because i haven't confirmed it but uh it's it's going to be a pretty big deal yes so we're, we're, it's going to be a big event for us so uh, looking forward to that mm-hmm. and with that it's time now to wish you safe journeys safe journeys This episode of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast starred Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham with Terry Drozdak, Dave Fields, Nathan Lajeunesse, Joseph Ravenson, Amanda Smith, Sabrina Snyder, and Jason Wallace. It was written by Ron Algar-Watt with Amanda Smith and Jason Wallace. It was produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2014. All right, table read time. We're going to start with 178.06. Let's see. This one has me, Sabrina, Jason. Where's Jason? Who? Jason. Young guy. Great voice actor. Occasionally writes sketches. Sounds like you're describing me. Yeah, that's what I was doing. So, no Jason then. Sabrina, have you always had that giant teddy bear? What? This this thing? Yes. Yes, I have always had this. You know me. Always carrying around adorable props. Oh. All right, then. So I figured what we'll do first is uh, we'll open with the sound effect. Ain't I a stinker?